Welcome to another episode of Relentlessly Resilient, where real people share real-life experiences and the tools they've developed to move forward and live their best life. I'm Michelle Scharf. And I am Jenny Taylor. And today we are really excited to have my good friend Courtney Checkets join us. We're so glad you could could be here and we're excited to hear your story. I was letting Michelle know a little bit about you before we got into the studio, but I'm going to let you introduce yourself. So will you tell us about you and your husband and your sweet little girls? But So Rocky and I met when I was 19 and he had just turned 26. So my parents were a little nervous because he was quite a bit older than me, but we met at the Ogden Raptors baseball game and a couple of my friends were going and, um, we were going to meet some friends of one of my friends. So we went and Rocky was with them and I remember seeing him for the first time and I thought he was so cute, but I assumed that he had been married or had kids because I knew they were older than us, but um, well, when you're 19, he hadn't. <laughs> when you're 19, 27 feels really old. I mean, I remember being that 26, age. 26. Yes. Okay. Seven years different. Seven years older. Okay. Uh-huh. okay. So it was, yeah, a big, uh, big, you know, age difference, but we had a lot of fun that night. And then that night when we were done hanging out, he asked me for my number. And then the next day he asked me on a date and then we basically dated you know ever since from for a year and a half and then we got married and everything was great we um Rocky started a construction company a couple years into us being married right when the economy you know fell apart back in 2008 yeah so this was actually 2010 when he did but he, you know, economy still wasn't great, but he, he started a company and did great and everything was great. And then, um, a couple of years later, we decided we were ready to start having kids. And so we got pregnant. I got pregnant with Andy, our oldest and, um, Rocky ended up selling his company and started working, um, for contractor school and, that is the business that I still run today. So we have our next daughter, Cody, who's five. And then basically I'll fast forward to 2018. Um, So we were pregnant with our third little girl and I was 20 weeks pregnant. And we went to the Target ultrasound, the big one at 20 weeks. And um, we went in and the nurse, you know, she's, or the ultrasound tech was starting to do the ultrasound and we'd had several ultrasounds and our baby was always super active and she would like hold the umbilical cord and like in both of her hands and shake it. And oh, how cute. we got, yeah, we got tons of good ultrasound pictures of her, which we never did of our other kids, but she, um, so she starts doing the ultrasound and just at the, I mean, within like 30 seconds, she looks at me and asks if, you know, when's the last time I was in and, and I could tell she kind of looked panicked. And so I had just been in, you know, about three, four weeks prior and everything was great. And she, my husband's looking up on the, the video because he's, 
he wanted a boy, you know, because we had two girls. And so he's trying to see if he can see anything different than <laughs> it being a girl. And she looked at me and just like shook her head and said, there's no heartbeat. And so oh, Courtney, <clears throat> it was super like shocking because everything had been been great with her. And so um, she couldn't really tell us much because the doctor wasn't there. And so she called the doctor on while we were sitting there and he said um, that I just come, he'd call and schedule me for the next day to come in and deliver. And so they just sent us home, which my whole family was at my house or my mom's house with my kids waiting to have a full on gender reveal party. And we, they had told us before, like they thought it was a girl, but my husband was holding on to hope it was maybe a boy. So <laughs> we, we go pick up my kids and I mean, we're just distraught and trying to act like tough, you know, for the girls and stuff. And they have no idea. They're just two and four. So they're little. Yeah, and, They're just playing at grandma's or playing with grandma. Right. They have no idea. And so we go home and I went and got in the shower and I just, I've never felt so much sadness in my life. Um, Cause the, our baby was dead in my stomach, you know, and they said <sighs> she had probably died like two to three weeks prior. Oh so, my gosh. And I had, I had no idea and I had no, no, like nothing that would have indicated that anything was wrong. You're, you're still early enough that you don't, you know, you don't really feel like too much. And so right. I, well, and you've and been pregnant before you've been pregnant right. before and it didn't feel like terrifyingly different. It just felt like you're pregnant. Right. Right. I was super sick, but I'd been sick the whole time. And so like nothing had changed. And so we go in the next day and I had had C-sections with my other two, but they wouldn't, they didn't do a C-section on this. And so they, they started me out on this medicine and after like 12 hours, I still hadn't progressed at all. And so they were like, they couldn't figure out what was going on, but then they realized they were giving me the complete wrong dose. So they had been giving me like one milligram instead of a hundred. And I don't know for sure the terms, but, but whatever it was, so, they weren't giving you enough. Yeah. It didn't do anything. So I was just, and they wouldn't let me eat the whole time because they were nervous if I had to go into surgery, but which I wasn't hungry, but I mean, I, I could have nothing but clear liquids. Well, just, I don't even Ice think chips. I could have clear liquids at <laughs> yeah. that point. Yeah. So I ended up being in labor for 42 hours with her. And so it was just a horrible, horrible couple days. Oh, you're breaking everyone's heart, Courtney. So you're in labor <laughs> for 42 hours with a baby. You don't even get to take home. Yeah. What? So, and you just, oh my goodness walk into the hospital and go into the labor and delivery unit and everybody's, you know, so excited. And that's before COVID where everybody, the whole family's, you know, out in the waiting room and the dad's running out saying, you know, she's almost here. And, you know, so we saw all this stuff and you're in a normal, just a normal room with the baby warmer and, you know, and so I have great nurses and they were so awesome. And so we, we go through all that and um, I finally had her and 
it was, you know, it was a really special and sacred experience for me and my husband. And it, it brought us really, really close. And so we'd been married at, we'd been married seven years at this point. And, you know, I thought we were already as close as we could get, but that just. After she was born. Us, after she yeah, was just born. going through that. Uh-huh. Go uh, ahead. Sorry. I, I'm sorry. After she was born, were they able to figure out like what happened or did she just appear to be perfect? And Yeah. So she actually, her, the cord had got wrapped around her neck three times and then it was like under her leg and under her arm. So she was just completely, they had to cut it multiple times. Like she was completely just like entangled in the cord. That sweet and little, so, the sweet little active baby that had been having so much fun right. moving around. Oh, Courtney. And so, you know, and they, they, they kept saying this, you know, you can't let this stop you from having more kids and this would never, this is the flute thing and you know, kind of like, yeah, it does happen, happen, but it is you know. rare, you know, and, right. and it would be rare to, to happen again. But so right. tell so us, sorry. tell us yeah. again, what, when was this, was this February of 2018? So, yep. February 2nd of 2018 is when I had her and I was due in June. So, so very early. Um, yeah. So halfway through. And so then, you know, we go home from the hospital and, and we had told our girls and our girls are so little and they were just like, you know, they've grown up like knowing about heaven and, you know, they've been raised with this knowledge. So they just kind of accepted it and they asked some questions, but they but pretty so much little. just yeah. understood, you know, she's in heaven and she's an angel. And so a couple months, you know, we're just trying to recover and start living a somewhat normal life. But I was, I was still grieving. And so then we... Rocky and I love to go to, well, he loved to go to Moab. We had a razor and we thought he loved it. So our girls loved it. We had a four seater and we'd buckle them in their car seats in the back. And that was one of our favorite things to do as a family. So we went in April with his family and had a blast. And then he wanted to go back in May. And I, I didn't love it personally. I, I always thought it was scary. We're going up these crazy hills and rocks and I got my two babies in the back. And you've been traumatized by losing your third baby. I mean, that's a lot going on in those, those initial weeks after, after losing someone so close and not to mention what your body's going through with postpartum and everything, the the physical side of being pregnant and not being pregnant anymore. So you, so it's May and you're getting ready to go to Moab, but you didn't really want to go is that yeah so so we went in April and then he wanted to go again in May because there was this like a rally where they all go and like go together on rides with a bunch of different people and stuff so I was like I don't really want to go and so he was you know we were talking about it and he did and so he I finally decided okay you know we can go that's fine but he had in the meantime asked three of his friends and so Rocky just a little background on him is he he has 10, there's a group of 10 of them that have been friends since elementary school. And still to this day, now their wives are some of my very best friends. They, they've just, they've been like his family to him. His parents got divorced and he had a a harder childhood. So he always relied on his friends. And so three of them um, went with him to Moab. And so they, 
so this I'll bring you to the day of so it was May 17th 2018 and he was so excited to go the night before we're out in the driveway and I'm videoing him he's washing the razor and we're the one with the razor and it was his truck and trailer so all of the friends met that morning and Rocky was like a kid on Christmas morning I kept teasing him because he kept like looking out the window, he was so excited because his goal was to get his friends to to love this. And so they were all going to go buy razors and we're going to do this as a big friend group. And, you know, it's just going to be perfect. So the wives, so two, so the other wives all came and dropped their husbands off. And like, we all said goodbye. We even like took a picture of them right in front of my house. And... I wasn't, I wasn't worried at all because he was a safe, like Rocky was responsible and safe and he liked to have fun, but he wasn't, and he knew he, he didn't want to like go traumatize his friends by doing this crazy things. And then they wouldn't ever want to buy a razor. So I wasn't worried about him at all. And, um, so that brings us to, I, I see him, I have like the find my friends. So I, I knew he had got to Moab. I kind of had been watching and saw that he made it and we always go on a ride right when we get there um it's like right before town and we go on we've gone on it every time so I'm super familiar with it and that was the plan so so they get there they start going on the ride and then I'm just going about my day as usual my my little girl had um tumbling that night so we would usually go to um, go to dinner before because she had it at six. So his family owns Moore's Family Restaurant, and it's a there's a couple different ones in Ogden, but it's a delicious you know, family breakfast. restaurant yeah. <laughs> out here. So we we had gone to dinner there. So I brought my neighbor girl who was probably she was almost sixteen, but she she's just a good like friend and she would help my kids and so she I asked her if she wanted to come and she did we're gonna pause right now we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back I and we're gonna hear what you found out after having dinner at Moore's we'll be right back okay and we're back Courtney you're telling us you ate dinner you're about to head to tumbling with your little girl you've been tracking Rocky on find my friends everything looks good what happens with the rest of that day on May 17th 2018 Okay, so we had just ordered at Moore's and all of a sudden, well, as I'm ordering, my dad is calling me and we're in the middle of ordering. So I didn't answer. So I thought I'd call him right back. And then he calls me again. So I answered and he just, you can hear the panic in his voice. And he's, he's saying, where are you? And I, I'm like, oh, we're at Moore's, you know, eat and Indy has tumbling. And um, he's like, okay, stay there. There's been a family emergency. And I knew what that meant that like somebody was hurt or somebody had died, but I, I was thinking my grandpa or one of my brothers, something had happened. And I was like, dad, is it mom? You know, what's going on? And he's, he won't tell me. And so he just said, I'll be there in just a second. Just stay there. So I walk outside. I tell my neighbor, just stay in here with the girls. I think something's wrong. So I go outside and I'm just sitting there and, then I hang up with my dad and I call my mom and my mom's just same thing. You can tell something's wrong and I'm trying to get her to tell me. And she said, 
we're almost there, you know, so they pull in and I mean, I have no idea what's going on still at this point. I didn't, Rocky didn't even cross my mind of like something had happened to him. And all of a sudden they, so they, they come out and we're outside and they just say, Rocky has been in an accident and, and he died. And I, I just like, I couldn't even cry. I just was like, what? Like, what do you mean? You know, like, I seriously, I remember like, why am I not crying? But I couldn't. Just in sheer shock. I, yeah. I just was like, what do you mean? You know, what happened? And, and they said, you know, we don't know exactly, but we know that he fell um, from a cliff and has died. <laughs> and so I was like, no, why don't they take him to the hospital? And they were, my mom and dad were telling me that life light came, but he died before they could take him. <laughs> and so I start calling his friends because I need to know for sure, like, I don't know. I, I feel like I didn't, I know my parents like were trying to tell me, but no, it's your brain. Like, I didn't we believe them. You right. know? Absolutely. No, you know, I, so, I've had those calls and, um, when my sister's husband died, you know, and, and, and I couldn't process it. Sometimes yeah. it just takes a bit for your brain to even go there, especially when it's so unexpected. Hey, here's a question. Right. How did your parents find out before you did? Because yeah, I think I'm if my parents called to tell me they had horrible news, I wouldn't think it was about my husband because I think I would maybe think the police would call me if it was my husband. Right. Or, so, is, so do you know how, how the word got to them first? Yeah. So one of Rocky's friends, um, he like he, he knew my dad. And so he he actually had his number and what a blessing called yeah. my called my dad to tell him. So, you know, they wouldn't just. That is amazing. And and the, the thoughtfulness of that man to think, hey, I have Courtney. I've got to tell his dad. I've got to tell right. her dad she needs support when she hears this news. Right. And, and I have and to not, the, you know, who knows where you would have been. You, you don't want someone exactly. calling you driving while you're driving or, a car. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so, and I have the greatest parents and our whole, like, I think everybody just knows that, that knows me as I have, we, I have an amazing family. So. I, I know that that didn't even cross his mind, but not to call my dad. He just, he's like, I got to get her parents, you know, because, because they're distraught. They just saw this happen. So, and, and they didn't have good forever. service. What was that, Jenny? You said they've been friends forever, right? These, these buddies yes, that are with him, forever. they're like brothers. Right. And so basically, so the, I, I am calling and it's just all going to voicemail because they didn't they're in this remote part of Moab where they don't have great service. So, um, so basically I guess I'll, what happened was they were out of the razor and I know exactly where it is because I have videos of Rocky and I in the same spot. They had just climbed up to like get up on top of these rocks, but it wasn't anything crazy. And so they, Rocky was first and then his, his two other friends were coming next. And then his other friend, was kind of hanging out toward the bottom and I'm not sure if he was going to go up or if he was just hanging out down there, but they, his, so Rocky had got up there and there was kind of a landing part where it's a big area and flat as far as I can tell. And not like a steep drop off. And it was only about 30 feet and where, where he fell was just into sand. And so 
we nobody saw it happen so we don't exactly know like what happened but his friends got up there and they're kind of like where's he at and so they're yelling you know rock and so his one friend Shane looks over the edge and saw that Rocky had fallen so the other friend who's down at the bottom runs over and is to him just immediately and so Rocky had broken his femur so his leg is like snapped behind his you know facing the wrong way so the other friend runs down to Shane who saw Rocky and Jake stays up top he's the one who called my dad but he he calls 911 and is trying to explain where they're at but Rocky luckily was still um alive and like coherent and so he was able to yell up and tell them like exactly where they were and so Rocky is just they're just laying there and not I mean he had a little bit of blood like on his face but he wasn't bleeding anywhere um and was talking but was a little bit of out of breath and maybe a little disoriented but not really and so they call 911 they get life light on the way and it took about 45 minutes and um in the meantime they like he's saying is I think he told them to take his socks and shoes off because he was hot and they're they're you know they're pouring water on his head just to cool him down and they're talking and they know he they know he's going to be okay and he even you know he knows he's going to be okay he backstory is back in 2005 he got in a really bad car accident and this is before i knew him but he was driving to rock springs for work and he was with two other guys and they got in a single vehicle car crash and nobody knows what happened rocky wasn't driving but they all got they all were ejected and the other two died so he survived that and broke his neck and broke his back and i mean that was way worse it seemed like than this was and so i think he just thought you know i'm gonna be fine you know get me to the hospital and i'm gonna be fine yeah and so they give him a priesthood blessing and just you know ask for comfort and finally uh, life light shows up and they're they're all kind of like okay good you know we're gonna yeah, you know if we can just make it to life like get the hospital care. can fix this yeah we've got great modern right. medicine yeah he's gonna be fine he like it doesn't appear to be anything besides the broken leg and and so life light gets there but and they drop the paramedics off but life light left to go get more paramedics because they needed people where where he landed wasn't really on a flat spot so they needed to carry carry him down to get him onto the helicopter got it and so while they were gone um i think he just started like not being able to breathe and his lung had collapsed and so they they put and i don't even know i guess they put they they i think they tried they put the like the chest tube in and I think just like within a matter of minutes he he started panicking which is horrible to think about yeah but um he was telling them to hurry and then he just he just died he um they don't like at that point we didn't really know what had happened and so um 
you know, fast forward till the autopsy, I, I really didn't know, but so he had tore, he ended up, he tore his aorta in two spots and then also his femoral artery. So he just bled out, but you know, internally just completely bled to death basically. Oh my gosh. How long did it take to get those autopsy results back? How long did you have to not know? Um, like eight weeks. And it was horrible because they just mail it to you and you have no idea when it's coming. So I was, they mail you constantly just, no one calls you. Nobody called me nothing. They just throw it in the mail. That seems terrible. That's horrible. horrible. And then it's, you know, you get it and it's all these medical terms. It's very technical. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I have no idea what that even meant, you know? Mm. So luckily one of our friends is a, nurse practitioner and could help kind of I, interpret. I called him and I called my parents and like immediately Rocky's friends were all here and family and he was able to put it into terms that we understood and and it was comforting because you know talking to a couple different people in the medical field if that happened even while you're laying on the operating table a lot of, they can't save you like so there was nothing they could have done more, Yeah, you know, and I, I do have comfort in that, that I don't have any like ill feelings toward the lifeline sure. or anybody, if, if you know, come I think faster, it, just... it wouldn't have changed the outcome. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Courtney, this is heartbreaking. And I even know this story and it's making me just sick to my stomach and so sad for you and those sweet girls. And you've just buried your sweet little daughter, not three months before that. <laughs> Can you tell us, is if there's even words, what do the next few weeks and months look like? You've now had two funerals in 2018. You've got two little baby girls, a business that your husband, you know, was pretty much running and he's now not here. What did you do next? I mean, that's a horrible question to even ask, but what did you do next? Right. So it was just, I mean, I guess it started to kind of sink in. We had the funeral and... It was beautiful. The The viewing was, was horrible. Like you're just, it was the most exhausting thing. I like, I would never want to relive that day. It's just, we did a close casket because I just, I don't know. I had this really strong feeling. That's what he wanted. Even though he looked fine. I just, I knew that he didn't want our kids to see him like that. And, yeah. and I'm so, so glad I made that decision. That was just something that like it was so strong and I we never even talked about this before because we didn't you know we didn't ever even it was never a thought in my mind that he was gonna die early or at all yeah and so we have the funeral and the funeral was really one of the most beautiful days of my entire life it I had all of his friends his 10 friends stood up there and they all took a turn speaking and it was we were laughing and I mean, it was like, it was such, it was just an amazing service. And when, I mean, it was probably a little inappropriate, but his name was Rocky. So when we, when they took out the casket, um, after my brother-in-law said the closing prayer, he played over the pulpit, the Rocky theme song as they pushed him out. And it was just, I don't know. I just, I know he loved it. And he had a bright blue. We had his casket custom painted Rocky blue it was just beautiful. The whole, everything turned out 
beautiful. I love that. You know, I love it. It really was amazing. And so, I mean, you know, amazing, I guess is a weird well, way to describe it. No, but, but I'll say, because I've seen pictures of you at your husband's graveside and you look beautiful and radiant and happy, truly a celebration of this man's life. And Michelle and I have talked about this mm-hmm. before. Funerals can be so horrible and awful and they are so sad because of what they are. And yet how beautiful that you could personalize that to where you felt uplifted and celebrating this wonderful man. And I love the casket. Just the touch of it is it's a powerful, bright blue. And you know, that was him. That wasn't just run of the mill. Okay, this is how we bury people. But Courtney, I love that you had and some you don't have really necessarily the frame of mind to even think straight while you're planning a funeral. But I love that you felt that comfort. So unplanned. Right. We've talked about this before on our episodes, you know, um, I had a really unique experience for my husband, including shooting his ashes off at the end of his service in fireworks that he he created the capsules for him before he died. That's what he wanted. Wow. But, so, you know, it's always so great when you kind of know. But in this situation, you guys are young. I mean, we didn't start talking about this until he had a diagnosis. You had no reason to be discussing these plans, you know? Right. Yeah, he was 34 when he died, and I was so young, 20, just a baby, 27, 28. I think I just turned 28. So, yeah, so the funeral really went like amazing. I know that, like, I don't know. I just the day of the funeral when they're up there talking, I just seriously felt like I was the only one in that room, and I was just, I just felt like there was angels. Like, I think entire heaven came to, like it was just <laughs> it was I've standing room only so you know I think like they I just felt so carried it was just the weather everything was just beautiful so you know I've attended a lot of funerals and it is amazing I you watch those that are there that are most impacted everyone there is being impacted but as somebody there to support those that are the most impacted they do seem like they are lifted and carried. And I would say that I would say the same thing for me. Yeah. Um, right. Somehow there's an energy and something carrying you that's far greater than yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because you just, people are like, I don't know how you're doing it. And it's like, I'm not, you know, right. like I couldn't, I couldn't do this. Nobody could do this, but I, after they all spoke at the funeral, I got up and I spoke and I have, I I, I knew I wanted to because I remember one time having a conversation like, like one of like us, he's him saying that, like, if you ever died, I'd speak at your funeral. And I was like, what? Like, there's no way I could do that. Like, I couldn't speak at your funeral. Like, you know, but he's like, yeah, but who bet who knows you better than me, you know, and yeah. vice versa. And so I was like, okay, I have to do this. And I have no idea what I said. And I couldn't even, I tried to write things down, but I, I couldn't think straight. So I seriously got up there straight from the heart. I don't, yep. Yeah. I don't even know what I said and I hope it even made any bit of sense, but it doesn't anyway, really matter. So, it doesn't really right. matter. It, and I'm sure it was perfect. Beautiful. Thank you. So, yeah. So the next, you know, I guess after the funeral, funeral ends, it was like, you know, so luckily my mom is absolutely amazing and she came and she stayed she stayed with us for a month straight, just slept here, everything. They just, they live 20 minutes away, so it's not far, but I was seriously, I had family and friends and I always think like, I've been, 
I have the best um, support system. Everybody always says like, oh, do you have family and friends, you know, that help? And it's like, I couldn't have a better support system. I have, there's eight kids in my family. I, I love them all. My siblings are amazing. Rocky's friends are amazing. Rocky's family's amazing. Everybody just rallied around us and still to this day does. So couple days and probably a week after it starts then you know real life sets in and rocky had a company that it was a called contractor school he owned 50 percent of it and we had a business partner and it was kind of like okay what are we gonna do you know what's next and so my business partners are seriously amazing people and they were so supportive and they were they they wanted whatever was best for me and my girls and they loved Rocky. So they said, you know, they gave me options. You could, we can buy you out or you can, you can work with us. And I, right after Rocky died, I wrote every single day I wrote in like in my, I wrote notes and like, I wrote like a note to him because I needed to, to talk to him and at least say what I was going to say to him. And I, I was going through those this morning and asking him like, what should I do? Like I need your help. I don't know what to do. I know, I know nothing about this contractor school. I used to do hair and I worked for my dad, but I, I knew nothing like, you know, I knew as much as I knew that he did, but I don't, you know, I couldn't go run his business. I, so I end up just feeling like what I need to do is I'm going to work here and I'm, I'm going to keep this company. And he, he built this up and he, he did it, you know, he made it profitable and it was, he built it up. So it was just, you know, I just needed to step in and now kind of like maintain it. He, he did everything to get it up and running. And so I jumped into that and that's been a huge blessing. And I have seriously, they are the most amazing people. They've, they're so fair to me. And I mean, there couldn't be a better situation with them. They've just been amazing people. So I, yeah, now I run my husband's business and it's thriving and it's been, I just, I, I feel like he's, he's proud of me and we're still doing this together. Like he, he's never left me. And so that's, I mean, I'm almost three years out and I, he never has left. And so that's how I can just keep going, but it, it's hard. It's hard. You know, I feel like some, you get in the lows and you're like, this is, horrible and I don't want to do this anymore but I have I have beautiful little girls who are you know they love their dad and they know their dad and they they talk about him every single day wonder what he's doing or you know asking questions and they remember him he was he was so good to always take pictures and videos I have I have so many like I have his voice like on a million different videos that they have, you know, they'll, they'll always be able to watch. And that's going to be such a, really, a blessing to them as yeah, they get so older. Beautiful. So awesome. And I, the really cool thing that I, I knew he had mentioned this before he died, but he wrote letters to our girls. And so I have letters for each of them from like just random times. He would just, just write them like a little, e so he set up emails for them both. And um, emailed them. And so just not even like specific things, just like, you know, he's, he worked in Salt Lake. So there was one time that 
the weather, like it was snowing really bad. So he, he's just trying to like let the storm settle. So he's emailing my girl saying, you know, just telling him just something random about him or work and how, how proud he is and some, you know, a funny thing they did or they're doing and, but always like just how much he loves them. And in a couple of them, he even says like, um, how he's always, you know, how, you know, him and I are always there for him. And he, if he ever needs anything or if they ever need anything to talk to him. And he said, heaven forbid, I'm not around. Ask your mom. She knows what I would say. Oh my and, gosh. That's wow. so beautiful. It was like, I know he didn't know he was going to die. Like, but your girls, I mean, I don't have those so, words. You know? They will have those words straight from him. That is priceless. Courtney. I love right. that. And so, so many beautiful things that he did. And I don't know, he, he had a mission statement. He just lived life to the fullest. To and the fullest. We, you know, we traveled a lot. Like they just, my girls have so many amazing things. Like they know their dad. And I love this. They'll always have these different parts of them as they grow up. Okay, you know, Courtney, we're going to take one more break. And then in our last segment, we want you to tell us what resilience is to you and those sweet girls you've got. It sounds like you have a great support system and, and a great attitude and perspective yeah. on things. Yeah. So you've got a lot to teach us. So we'll be right back. And we want you to kind of teach us what resilience is to you. All right, Courtney, you've taught us so much and your beautiful attitude and perspective and sweet spirit that we can all feel your faith and your optimism. Can you tell us how you have found resilience or what resilience looks like to you? Yeah. So I remember like a turning point of probably like a, a month in after Rocky died and kind of like, this is real life. Like, what am I going to do? I have to do this. I don't ha like, I don't have a choice. I, I have a choice that basically I'm going to have to live the rest of my life. So am I going to choose to do this to the best I can? Or, I mean, that was the only choice I could think of. I just have to, I have these beautiful little girls who are almost three and five who their world's been rocked. And I have to be the best mom and best person that I can. And Rocky's, he's going to be with me. And I, I had felt him and I just, I just thought, you know what, if I can do this and live in the best way I can, that I can, be worthy of that and have the spirit with me that I'm going to be able to do this with all their help. I have, I have a team, you know, I have a team on this side and I have a team on that side of the bill. Um, my grandma and grandpa who I was close with passed away when I was young. My, my little brother had passed away and I just know there's, there's all these people on the other side who are, they're on my team too, you know? And so I just felt like, I'm, you know, I had to make this choice and I, of course I want to choose to make it, you know, amazing because I'm going to have to do this. So this is what has happened. And I'm going to, I'm going to face, you know, face it. I'm going to do the hard things. I like the razor that Rocky, you know, that was his, that was his, his baby. You know, he loved, he had it all, you know, personalized and decked out and customized. So we ride our razor all the time. You know, we drive it around our, you know, our little town we live in. And, you know, I'm not going to let things, I'm going to face it before it becomes too much. And so that's what I've just kind of had this, you know, attitude, but 
just resilience. Face it head on. I mean, to me, just like, yeah, you got to just face things. Like I, I can't let anything get too big that it's too scary. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to get back out there like and live and take on this company and do things that are scary because I know I'm not alone. A hundred percent. I have my family, my friends, I have amazing neighbors who have like taken, taken us in as family. I have the best support system. I love this. You know, the, the truth about grief is you have to feel it. There's no escaping it. And the only way through all of this is to face it and to walk through it. It's really awesome though, that you have so much support for you. Not everybody has that kind of support. Yeah. It's not always, um, not that it's ever easy, but it's, it's not, not everybody has the support systems in place when something tragic like this happens. So, I mean, what a blessing for you that you clearly come from a strong family. His family was strong. Um, you guys had relationships within your community. He had a wide circle of friends. Um, and then you have great support from your neighbors and I, I take it ward members and um, and the fact that um, you're willing to like take on this business and and learn something that wasn't really your passion or your desire, but probably is creating a lot of opportunities for you to grow on multiple right. levels. I love- it really has been a huge blessing. I love how you're talking about how you're still doing this together. Yeah, you've, you've got these notes. I mean, literally, your husband said, "If I'm not there, ask your mom. She'll know what I would say." Because, like Rocky had said, you know, maybe half joking, if he ever spoke at your funeral, who knows you better than he does? Who knows Rocky better than you do, Courtney? And I can hear this, and I see this in your interactions with these sweet little girls, and your business is thriving. You are carrying on with him, and we can feel that your faith. You know, we. We all have different concepts of what happens after death, but I think most of us feel there is something. There is something besides dirt in the ground or ashes spread about to where he, your grandparents, your brother, these these people that you've lost in this life, and yet they're adding richness to your life and they're adding meaning. And I love that you're doing well in your business. I love that you're... I love the concept of face it head on before it gets too big. How yeah. many times do we try to sweep it under the rug because we don't want to deal with it? We don't want to face it. We shove it around. We push it aside. And then it explodes on us. Yeah. But what right. great advice that is to just tackle it. I'm going to tackle it today. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. But I guess if I have to do it, I'm going to do it awesome. I love that you said that several times. You chose to make it amazing. You didn't just choose to yeah. make it bearable. We're going to create a bunch of merch based on your show. <laughs> I choose to make it amazing. Like you, you buried a baby and a husband in a few month period. And then you let us know these other loved ones you've lost in your life. And yet you said there came a point in your life. You chose to make it amazing. I'm putting that on a t-shirt because yeah. that's t-shirt material. <laughs> yeah, it is. I love it. Well, Thank Courtney, you. we yeah. are just so grateful you would join us and share your story with us and those sweet girls. We've got some great pictures to share. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen our social media pages, go check it out. The most beautiful picture probably ever is the two little girls in a bright blue dress next to the bright, bright blue casket that just is their Rocky dad, champion dad. And 
like I said, Courtney, I remember the first time I saw those pictures of you at his funeral. I couldn't believe how beautiful and radiant you looked because I'm a train wreck at my husband's funeral. Uh, But I can see the light and I can see the joy. And I can see now that I've heard your story more, it's because, you know, Rocky's right there. And this is a... You know, curveball nobody wanted to face in life, and yet you choose to make it amazing, and you, my friend, are doing that. You are living a very, very amazing life. So thank you for sharing your story. Thanks for sharing the pictures. You guys go check them out on Instagram and uh, Facebook at Relentlessly Resilient. And if you're listening and you like what you hear, go give us a like and subscribe and give us a rating and a review. It helps other people know about the podcast. But even more importantly than that, if you or someone you know has a real-life story to share with us, please reach out. You can email us at rrpodcast at ksl.com. Or again, find us on social at Instagram and Facebook at Relentlessly Resilient. We want to keep sharing these stories because they uplift us, they inspire us, and they teach us all how to be a little bit more resilient. Absolutely. It's really important um, to remember that whatever you do today, remember to be kind. You have no idea the struggles other people are dealing with in their lives. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day. 